Hello, hello. What is up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of the TSMU Q&A series. I'm your host, guide, spiritual TSMU leader, Christian Homili. Um, if some of you haven't seen me before, a little bit of an intro to myself is that I'm the global sales executive for TSM. I work with brands, I make deals, and I'm really the first introduction brands have into TSM. Um, you know, also come up with some awesome fun activations that help pitch TSM and esports. Uh, today, we're actually joined by an extremely special guest, Edwin Jung. How are you doing, man? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, Edwin is going to be helping us chat about life and 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 his journey into being a team manager. Um, before we do that, though, I just wanted to throw a quick reminder slash overview for those who have not seen the show. Uh, for this Q and A, we'll be pulling questions from the TSMU Discord. So if you have any questions for Edwin, uh, head to discord.gg/tsmu and ask your questions in the Ask Stream Questions Here channel. Um, once you've asked your question, you can either join the waiting room voice channel if you're a voice com and, and wait to be selected to join us for the show. Um, you know, while people get their questions in, Edric, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and what you do in your, as your role as a team manager? Uh, right. So, yeah, my name is Edwin, uh, also known as Minus Tempo. Um, as a team manager for TSM, I, right now I manage the Apex, Dota 2, Fortnite, and Smash players. Um, and the lo long story short is I just make sure that the, the players themselves have what they need um, and that they're schedules are aligned with essentially what TSM would like out of out of the players themselves. Um, that can include things like uh, tournaments, uh, events, content creator uh, events as well. Um, just kind of the liaison between the players and the org. Yeah, I mean, guys, if, if you don't really know, his role is pretty much the lifeline between a lot of competitive teams, um, you know, players, Though they are very smart and everything they could do in the game, they could not possibly do it all. And, and, and Edwin really helps make their schedules live on a day-to-day -day and allow them to just focus on competing. Um, so I could tell you from the sales side, Edwin, uh, our, our team always appreciates having you guys on board because without you guys, our players would not be around slash existing. <laughs> um, you know, I, we actually have a few questions jump in and we'll kind of get straight to it. Uh, Cappy asks, can you describe your responsibilities during a typical week uh, in this position? Um, yeah, so typical week just involves uh, keeping track of their turn the tournaments that they're playing in over the next um, two or three weeks, uh, just because the tournament schedule is quite flexible, um, as well as the results on how they're doing. Um, if it's a team game, then obviously how the team is doing like together, um, whether things are starting to fall apart or if there's things that they're talking about on stream that they would like. Um, just tuning into the stream while they're playing in events um, like that helps me build a relationship with the player so that they don't have to come to me to ask. Like I've already, I've been watching their stream, so I know that, oh, uh, this, this player's mouse is starting to have like a double, double click glitch. Then I can already preemptively order that. Uh, and when they do end up asking me, um, I've already done taken care of that and they feel more appreciative when things like that are done. Um, and then just planning out the content schedule, making sure that they're available for the org um, to film YouTube videos, shorts, um, uh, what is that, um, sponsorship and partnership uh, requests. And yeah, that's pretty much it on a week to week basis. I've always found that those are very interesting, unique skills slash honestly a really cool um, 
you know, interesting responsibility that's pretty unique a lot of times to esports and maybe even a little bit of traditional sports. Um, but I, I actually was kind of curious on how you honestly, a little bit of your story and how you really, I guess, came to where you are. I think it's such a unique job offering as you kind of list it off in your responsibilities. So I'm sure a lot of our viewers are kind of curious on like, like, how is it like in college that, you know what I mean? Like, how do I you know, navigate that path from college into doing something like this, because I really do think it's awesome and, and something unique to esports, which I'm sure, you know, any one of the esports community could say, okay, there's no, maybe a necessary major, you know, or if there is, it's, it's very unique to certain colleges. How did you find yourself there? Um, honestly, I was just in the right place at the right time. Um, before my job here at TSM, I was actually a Kumon Learning Center instructor. Um, and that's just a after-school program that um, I believe a lot of a lot of different countries have. Um, and my plan before my plan earlier was, hey, I'm gonna work at this learning center. Um, eventually, I'll buy the center out and be a franchise owner, and that'll be my job. Uh, but when COVID came along, I my hours got cut quite heavily, um, and I ended up playing a lot of Apex with my brother. Um, he's actually the one who got me into playing Apex, which is where I credit all of this to, because if he never convinced me to play Apex, then I wouldn't be here. Um, but yeah, no, like, so I'm just, I was originally supposed to be a, a business owner, uh, but then I started watching a lot of Apex, um, playing a lot of Apex, and I found a couple things that essentially the Twitch community wanted, but it wasn't readily available to them. Um, a lot of what people will know me for right now in the Apex community is a scorekeeper. Um, I essentially created a program that kept track of scores based on uh, an, an image for an image I picked up uh, from the match summary, and it would do that within. It would pump out the data. It would take in the data and pump it out within like a minute or so, and then I could post those scores in the appropriate Twitch chats based on which teams are playing. Uh, so I did that for about a year or so and slowly started to build up the trust of a lot of the pros where they would set me up with mods so that I can just edit those commands uh, myself instead of me sending it to one of their mods and them doing it. Um, once that reputation built up between me and the pros, um, then they started asking if I could do more things like hosting scrims and helping out tournament organizers uh, with the Apex events because when a new sponsor try, tries to enter the Apex scene, it is, as a BR, it is quite different than your uh, average FPS game. Uh, so sometimes they don't know a lot of the intricacies of the Apex uh, pros as well as the community, and I'm essentially just there to facilitate that. Um, and I did that for all of that together, kind of bundles into about a year and a half. Uh, and when TSM posted that they needed a player manager, uh, one of the players, Jordan, uh, who you guys, who a lot of you guys know as reps, said, "Hey, I mean, you're kind of already doing this for us anyway. You might do. You, I think you should apply for this position, right?" Um, and then I did, and here I am. That's um, awesome. Essentially, got vouches from a lot of uh, all the Apex guys uh, on TSM as well as used a lot of the other Apex pros on different orgs uh, as a reference. Um, and then, yeah, that's how I wound up here. I actually don't have a degree because I never finished it. 
my software engineering that I started, I quit that when I moved to a different city. Um, and then I started a uh, degree in chemical engineering. Uh, but then I got an opportunity to open up a business. Um, and since I realized I didn't want to do a nine to five job, I, I essentially opened up my own business and then did the tutoring, the learning center thing that I mentioned earlier on the side. Oh, that's, that's super awesome. And I think that's just an amazing narrative in terms of, I think exactly what you were saying earlier, where it is a lot of timing, but I think it's almost timing that you, in my opinion, did a great job setting up, right? Like, I think it was, okay, here's the Kumon opportunity door closing. Um, and you just kept at it with your own passions, which led you to the right connections. And I think if the viewers take anything from it is that don't just say, oh, like you need to know somebody to get in versus if you follow your passions and look for those right opportune moments. You almost create those lines towards the connections all the way to a point where a player, a professional player is giving you a vouch, which is really cool too. If, if you guys are all wondering how close we are, or how close the players are to the, to the company itself, it goes all the way to that, that, that they offer someone else and it's based off relationships, right? Yeah. Yep. And also really cool narrative because I uh, on Kumon because I know a lot of cousins who have are are still in Kumon or whatnot, and I think there was an interesting narrative ten years back where it's like you know their parents, my aunts and uncles, are not letting them play games. So the fact that it kind of made that switch as, as a teacher is is right on it, and kind of really cool to speak to our generation. <laughs> yeah, not gonna lie, uh, the whole Kumon thing is what because I took Kumon when I was younger as well, yep. and honestly, that is what helped me like. That's what made me enjoy uh, math and programming and uh, statistics, statistics and stuff like that in general. Uh, and no, yeah, I think I think I, as much as I didn't want to do it at the time when I was younger, the fact that my parents forced me to do it uh, turned out very well, very well in my favor. That's awesome, man. Um, Kathy actually also asked, "What common characteristics slash skills do you uh, do you believe are the most important for being a team manager?" Um, so I think you spoke a little bit on your responsibilities. Now it's just highlighting those little intro in intuitive mechanics that kind of go into your day to day. Yeah, um, just being able to understand um, what because all the players will have different, um, I guess, personalities. Uh, so being able to understand what those personalities are and how you can help them because everyone's going to be different um, and just preemptively doing what you can on your side to kind of um, compromise between what uh, what the players want and what the players can get and as well as what the org wants and what the org can get out of the players. Um, and doing that ahead of time definitely speeds a lot of the process up. And when you can speed things like that up and it's just not delayed by waiting for responses and whatnot, then your org likes it when you do that. And then your player also knows that, hey, uh, my manager is keeping my, like, not only my professional career in check, but also taking into account my personal life. Um, and like things like, oh, I know that X player is looking to visit his family in like two weeks. So preemptively, without him needing to tell me, I tell the org, hey, uh, he won't be available for any like in-person content or maybe even uh, online content because he hasn't seen his family in like six months, eight months. Yeah. So he wants to spend a lot of time and I don't want to interrupt him, right? Yeah. Uh, and then when he comes, like, because the players aren't as, uh, they won't tell you like weeks in advance. They'll just be like, 
maybe a couple of days in advance, I'll be like, hey, I decided I'm going to go see my family. And when you can, when you as a player manager can tell them, hey, yeah, I know I, I caught on your stream like two weeks ago. I already cleared it. Um, you're already awesome. like, we won't, we've already planned not to schedule anything around that. Then they're like so happy about it, right? Um, it, it seems like it's a small thing, uh, but those things do add up. And that's what, that's essentially how you build a really good relationship uh, with both the players uh, and the orgs. No, that's, that's really cool. And I feel like if you're, if you, let's say you just got a job as a team manager or it's something you, you're an intern for or whatever, yeah. I think those are like the little senior moments. That's like almost a gold nugget to take from where it's like, yeah. you could be preemptive <laughs> about that stuff, follow yeah. their streams, listen to what they're saying, you know, take their needs and before they're even considering it being a need. And I think that's something that I've never really thought of. And I think that's awesome. Um, I speaking about that, would you say that relationship building and kind of being able to communicate, but also being a friend is, is almost yeah. part of part of that skill i'd say yeah that is super important um because like there is that line you want to draw between being a player's uh ma yeah. manager and being a player's friend uh but you can as long as you as long as it's done right you can still kind of coast in between that um because if if the player only sees you as the manager they're less likely to uh, do things for you like last minute if something comes up on the manager's side right uh, but if they see you more as a friend and you've helped them out personally, professionally in the past, then they're more likely to help you out later down the road as well. Yeah, uh, so building yeah. a relationship is probably the most important thing, I'd say. Yeah, and, and everyone can kind of take that pretty broad, too, I think building relationships and, and building that friendship, you know, connections really help you. Cause you know, you, I, when I joined this industry, especially on the sales side, it's very similar relationships are a lot. I, I realized how quickly I realized very quickly that, you know, this is a very small industry and you never know where you end up and who turns what. So if, if you have some favors owed to you and, and not even thinking of it like that lens, but if, if you're just friends with someone, you're more likely to do business um, or, or even be partners with from a, you know, obviously team manager player perspective. Um, yeah, we have a we have an MVP. Today's MVP of Q and A is is Kathy. Love these questions. Thank you, Kathy. Um, you know, the third question is: What was the toughest situation in your career as a team manager that you've had to deal with so far, and how did you manage to overcome those difficulties? So, story time. If you got anything for us, Edwin. As of right now, the toughest thing would be actually some uh, something that just recently happened. Um, because I'm actually remote and I live in Canada, uh, when the, when the org and the players are doing, uh, in-person IRL content, um, obviously I'd like to be there on site to kind of, uh, manage things and make sure the players have what they need as well as keep, uh, the players on their schedule based on what the content team needs. Um, and because right as of right now, I'm still here, uh, like doing that remotely is probably the most difficult. Uh, but I know that uh, as far as how I'm planning to remedy that, I'm actually moving out to the States here uh, in a month or two. So that'll be taken care of. Um, as far as everything else goes, uh, my personality is a little bit weird and I enjoy things that a lot of people normally don't. Um, so everything else is just, uh, it's been a blast. It's been a dream come true. And like if you told me like 10 years ago that I'd be working in esports and not doing, not teaching, I would not have believed it. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that's the sentiment shared because I mean, 
um, you know, I it I do I too feel that same way where it's almost you wake up every day and like dang, I get to work on the not only the team but yeah. the industry that I've wanted to be in forever. So that's great. Do you have any tips from I guess because you're kind of an expert at work from home at this point, being Canada and Texas, mm -hmm. kind of thinking about it very two different contractually, but also distant distance wise, uh, very far ends of of of, of North America, obviously. Um, so I mean, maybe the second follow up for that question is what about for those who may not be able to move? Um, you know, to either be closer to their team or, or company or other. Do you have any pro tips on work from home? I, I assume quarantine and COVID has really um, helped develop those skills, if, if, if anything. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, tips go, just when you can, like we're doing right now, um, having calls with uh, your players as well as your coworkers uh, with your video uh, feed on, like that makes a huge difference compared to just having a voice call kind of thing. Um, so for example, um, as many of you guys may know, uh, we TSM just recently brought on a Dota 2 team. And when we brought them on, essentially my first priority was because I, my, I myself weren't, uh, I'm not too familiar with Dota 2, like as it is right now, I've played a lot in the past. Um, but the first thing was, hey, I need to get a voice. I need to get a video call where they can at least see who I am with them uh, right away, kind of thing. Uh, introduce myself, let them know that I'm here to help them, kind of thing. And that video interaction definitely helps build rapport uh, with the players, and that's probably the biggest thing. Um, the next one is, I guess, it really depends on time zone difference too. Um, but that's always really hard to manage. Um, especially if like, if you, if you've got uh, talent that's not in the States, right. Then they're like 10 plus hours time zone difference. And that makes it incredibly hard to kind of manage. Um, cause ideally you would want to do things on based on like wh what time zone they're in. Right. Um, it's not as hard if it's all in NA cause West coast, East coast, really only three, maybe four hour difference, but depending on where you are. Uh, but something on that like i don't i personally don't sleep much anyway um maybe like four or five hours a day uh, just because i get bored a lot um so that time zone thing doesn't really affect me but that is probably one of the other bigger things um and that's i'd say actually what helped me build relationships with a lot of the players that i'm uh working with just both at tsm as well as just in the apex scene in general just because i'm there for the I'm available to them at any time uh, on Discord kind of thing. Yeah, I really like that. I, I also really liked your sentiment on on video cams. Like, yeah. um, you know, I think with a lot of companies, if you're new to joining a company, especially if you're like younger and intern or whatnot, um, you know, we live in such an unprecedented time. It's very different where communication has been drastically changed and how we approach office life and all that stuff. Uh, and I would say webcams have definitely been helpful. We've been all, TSM on our side, at least on sales side, has been adding a lot of new faces and a lot of new um, people. And I think before this call, we were actually even talking about being almost like a preschooler first day in school but not knowing anyone especially if, if you're new to a company during the COVID it's, it was really tough um, yeah. so I really like that sentiment yeah um, Kathy actually asked a, another really great question. Um, you know, how do you deal with motivation issues that might appear within the team members? Um, you know, burnout is a very common thing. And I think it's um, one, especially in esports competitive environments where they're going at it 
24 seven. Um, is there anything that you, you, Edwin, like to do to help out or help around the cause or something that the team um, handles situations or check-ins or whatnot? Um, uh, as far as like just dealing with burnout, that's going to be like, that's going to be relevant in uh, both the pro players as well as content creators. And like that extends to, like I've thought about it in the past where it, it also comes from a lot of YouTubers and things like that as well, right? Uh, so just planning for that in advance, like like I said earlier, when players wanted to, or when players want to go visit family, like those, yeah. that's when those things become that much more important. Um, and like especially if you know uh, a team's tournament schedule well enough in advance, you can be like, hey, uh, like three months from now, you have like tournaments back to back for like three weeks straight. Um, it's going to be a hard time. So did you want to um, take like a week or two and go visit family or go visit friends, uh, go offline for a bit? Um, honestly, that's probably the most important thing, uh, as well as just being there for the players so that you can listen to them. Um, if they ever need someone to talk to, uh, just let them know that you're available. Um, yeah, uh, that's, I'd say that's pretty much it on that end. Um, burnout is something that everyone's going to experience regardless of what type of job you're in. Um, so just preemptively managing for that and making sure you're not overworking yourself too much and the players aren't overworking themselves too much. Um, allotting for little breaks here and there if if you're in person um that becomes significantly easier to do um i like to say that if you if you have a good um a healthy schedule um that obviously this isn't for everyone but like a healthy eating schedule as well as working out uh frequently like that helps your mental recover significantly uh, and that's actually something I am planning uh, to introduce to the players when I move out to Austin. Um, uh, and especially because I like to cook. So as far yeah. as eating healthy, they will hopefully be ordering less and less uh, delivery to the house. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I 100% align with that. Like you don't even need to be a gym rat or like a, yeah. a, a professional athlete to fall in that sentiment. Like, um, don't get me wrong. I, I will binge junk food like on the, on the casual basis. But once you change your diet, I always like to say it's like a three week um, kind of habit. Once you build off three weeks, you form a habit becomes a lot easier. But once you change your diet and clean it up slightly, ever slightly and kind of chop down from it, you guys will be surprised how much more active you are and how wide awake yeah. you are. Like it got to a point where if I'm like eating way too much sugar or it goes a little bit too hard, I'll, I'll crash. I'll be really slow for the day. Um, you know, big lunches are honestly one of the scariest things. Um, and, and, I, and not to make it seem like Oh, look at us we're nutritional gurus um but i i, I think it just all goes back to the sentiment of, of how to avoid burnout and these micro things that you can do to help live a healthier and happier life oh yeah uh yeah as far as that and i am definitely not a nutritional guru i have junk food at every corner of the house and <laughs> i'm pretty sure i run on like one or two monsters a day kind of thing so yeah as long as you're still eating like food on top of that it, it's good then i will i will footnote that you could still hit a caloric deficit with four thin oreos that's that's my little dessert treat if anyone wants to get into this, the nutritional side of things oh, <laughs> um number five we have another question 
Uh, what tournaments and events have you run? How did you get involved with tournaments and any advice um, for those looking to help with tournaments and events to get more involved? So I, I, I would, you know, and maybe to preface this, you can dive a little bit how you kind of interact with tournament organization, maybe not tournament organization, but how you're, how the team kind of gets in and what your role is during these major events um, and how you kind of handle that. Cause I've always kind of uh, been curious about that on the backside. Um, you know, obviously you guys do a lot in terms of, of, of um, just competing on a general basis in a competition. Is there anything, can you dive a little bit into how you operate when there's a big major event going on, what you do for the team, how you get in, et cetera, like that? Okay. Um, well, to be honest, it is TSM. So there yeah. isn't really anything I have to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as far as whatever, like big tournaments, even like uh, they, when, whenever they take place, TSM is essentially the first team that gets asked. Yeah. So I just have to make sure that it works out with their schedule, make sure the players uh, are down to play in it. Uh, but for smaller orgs, I'd say participating in a lot of the uh, frequent events um, and kind of building a name for yourself. Um, that, like the amateur tournaments are the ones that I would go through. And especially the ALGS, um, obviously, if you can yeah. make it into that, you will start to build a name for your own team. Um, so that, that's probably your best way. Um, the ESA has an open night uh, every Wednesday, which is, or Wednesday is the pro night, but they have an open night every Tuesday. And that will, that also has like semi pro teams in it. So that will kind of get your name in there if you can get into those open nights uh, and then building your way through there uh, as well as other tournaments to get into the bigger ones. Um, and then you'll slowly start to get invited by the tournament organizers because what uh, what a lot of the tournament organizers have done is uh, from from what I can see, they'll take a look at um, past past results and just be like, oh, uh, these ten teams are the top ten teams uh, from the ALGS playoffs. Let's invite these guys to our event, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's how that's done. Oh, that's awesome. Um, very insightful, and I think it's not something. At least I myself, my role is never really thought about on a day to day. So sometimes I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm very. I get curious, more curious after these questions. These are great questions, guys, because every single time I read them, I'm like, oh wow, I've never really thought about that. And I'm sure a lot of people who aren't in that role really think about these micro things. Um, we have another question. We have a question from Mookie who asks, how do you become a team manager? Where slash how does that process begin? So more on the realms of, of kind of getting the job, right? Like, I, I think you've, you spoke a little bit to your story. Um, yeah. Maybe is there any advice, particular advice, certain channels, avenues you have to look like to look at? Um, as far as roster management goes, um, obviously, as a team manager, you kind of you, you kind of have the final say on it. Uh, but it also depends on, especially if it's a team game, it really depends on how they are how they are interacting with the rest of their players. Um, if a player isn't performing well, you don't want to all of a sudden be like, hey, sorry, you're going to get cut because you're not performing. You kind of want to dig a little bit deeper into it. Um, how long haven't they been performing well for? Did something happen in their personal life uh, when they started to uh, lose motivation or uh started underperforming is that thing something that we can help out with and maybe help with their uh mental stress and things like that um i know tsm actually just recently uh, hired a sports psychologist um and that is something that will be uh 
like uh, unbelievably helpful to a lot of our pro players and a lot of our content creators who do play in a lot of events. Um, but in the end, it comes down to kind of working together with the rest of the team um, to figure out is the player is a player someone that we are going to have to drop? And if so, is there someone else that the players had already had in mind as far as that they would like to pick up as a teammate? Very cool. What What about, sorry, for the, I mean, is there, I guess going back to the kind of question on maybe even the application process of how do you get into your role? Um, you know, do you, like, I, I think you, you yourself talked about jumping into the link or, well, you, you had a very interesting path to it where it's a player yeah. kind of interviewing and referencing you, but say there is somebody who um, wants to either start their own journey to get those connections or, um, you know, even just a place to apply to, you know, are there any avenues to get the job you kind of recommend? Um, I would, I would just say, keep a track of the orgs that you are interested in. Uh, cause obviously everyone's got a, every, everyone's got a careers page and they've got certain positions that are open. Um, especially if there's a specific game that you like, uh, slowly build up while you're doing, while you're filling out those applications, uh, slowly build up, uh, your involvement in the scene itself. Um, cause a lot of what I did for the first year and a half, when I first started playing apex, I was just doing it all because it was fun. It was just a hobby. I never actually planned to uh, work for an org. Um, but then like a year down the road, I saw like, especially with ALGS, uh, it ways that I could help out. So I applied for maybe 15 to 20 different positions at EA slash Respawn. Um, I got shot down for all of them. <laughs> So don't don't let that discourage you. Just keep at it. Um, as long as you put in the work, it will show uh, later down the road, um, depending how long that is, who knows. Uh, but you show passion, you show effort, um, and it'll hopefully turn out in your favor. Yeah, it, it's 100% a process, just with any job, really. Um, <laughs> you do not need a perfect batting average, right? Like, especially yeah. coming to college, you're, you're going to go like one for 100, right? But yeah. all you really need is that one, right? Um, exactly. Especially in esports, where if this is your passion, honestly, like, I'm very confident in saying no matter what team you're on, you're going to find a lot of moments where you're like, wow. I'm in esports. May not even be a team. It might be just some, you know, it might be a, a third party vendor or whatever it is with with an industry. But once you're tapping in and once you kind of start that ball rolling, the rest is history. Um, but the only way to get it rolling is if you just keep at it and keep grinding yeah, and sending yeah, out you, messages. A lot of people do get uh, like when they when they hand in their resumes or their cover letters and they get uh, uh, denied then a lot of people will take uh, take that really personally and be like well okay maybe this isn't something i can do kind of thing and you can't you can't put yourself down like that you gotta just keep going at it um don't worry too much about the rejections um because like you said one in a hundred you just need the one right yep absolutely um great all great points that uh, you know at this time i'd actually like to remind everyone to ask questions you want to head to the discord.gg slash tsmu um, and ask your questions in the ask stream questions here channel once you've asked your question join the waiting room voice channel to wait to be selected um and on the show if it, if it is a voice question um 
all all great things you've done so far uh you've you you've um answered so far edwin it's been super interesting um we actually have another question we have a question sorry from Gaddafi, who asks how much involvement do you have with the with the new dota 2 roster and how would an amateur t2 team go about setting up a script with them so maybe a new challenger foot <laughs> trying to jump in uh but any insight on the dota team i'm sure fans are really really interested in in how we're doing there and how we're setting that up <laughs> Um, I just got started with them. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I did my uh, video introduction as soon as we signed with them. Um, and they actually have a coach slash manager of their own, um, like from when they were uh, known as Undying. Uh, and essentially, I'm just working with her um, to ma to manage like the day-to-day, -day, um, if they've got their merch, if they've got their gear, um, as far as the competitive, actual competitive side goes, I just keep a track of the tournaments and scrims and their results. Uh, but as far as setting those scrims up, uh, that's actually done internally on their end by their captain, uh, Moon Meander, and their coach, uh, Stina. Um, so you would have to get in contact with them, unfortunately. Uh, I wouldn't be able to help on that one. Uh, mostly because I think... It is a it is a new signing. Um, obviously, later down the road, once I get more familiar with the team dynamics, because I don't want to all of a sudden insert myself and be like, "Hey, this is how I want things done." I kind of I'm kind of gonna sit back uh, and observe how they do things and kind of met, blend myself into their process. That way, uh, they don't feel overwhelmed. Um, yeah, that's that's how it is so far with the Dota two team. I'm really enjoying my time with them they're really they're a really upbeat upbeat group um so i definitely can't wait to meet up with them like i've had the video call and now i can't wait to go meet up with them when i get into the states uh, a couple of months down the road yeah that that's super interesting context um you know i think I'm sure, and I think it also speaks a lot to your earlier points on relationship building and, and kind of that like being personal and close to the team and players itself. Because I feel like if you're coming from a smaller org, I'm sure it's very scary, you know, when you're kind of getting picked yeah. up by a big org where it's like, uh, what's going to happen? Like, are we all on the training block? Like, you know, what are the processes? TSM is a big org. What are they? And I think there's a lot of times a bigger narrative, and I'm sure it's even more so with traditional sports where you're like a small fish in a pond, no matter how big of a player you are. It's almost like, okay, what's going to go happen? There's some uncertainty. But the fact that, um, you know, not only you, but I'm sure all the other team managers and all our teams handle is it's more of that personal level. It really kind of helps soothe out that, that discomfort of like, you know, big org, what's going to happen, right? And I think that's yeah. really cool context that it's like, yes, we are a pretty big company with like a lot of value and a lot of money and a lot of going a lot of things coming our way but we treat all of our teams as, as family um yeah. and i think that's really cool and i think that's a really interesting perspective and and just speaks a lot to not only tsm uh, but team managers as a, as a whole so very cool um we have another question that's kind of going back uh, into, I guess, just like your little history and background of who you are and, and what it is. But um, what made you want to work in TSM and, and esports? I know you said you were a fan and you kind of jumped into Apex a little bit. Um, but, you know, is there is this just an underlying passion that came out that en uh, ended up being a job? Or is this like your whole point has always been, you know, getting to esports? And I know you kind of answered that a little bit, but maybe kind of yeah. refresh there. Um... I'd say, yeah, I, I never had plans to get into esports. Um, I watched a lot of 
uh, esports back in the day. Like I'm talking like way back in the StarCraft Brood War days, um, all the way. And then I started with uh, the reason I picked the reason I wanted to join TSM was because of like LCS season two, uh, like way way back. Um, and like I, I remember watching all the LCS games every single weekend and. Obviously, because all the events were live uh, in the States, I couldn't attend them myself. But I like that was something like, oh, man, if this could happen in the future, that'd be super cool. Uh, but during that time, I was obviously I was in my day job and everything. And I just thought that was like a, a dream that would never really happen. Um, but then when that when those opportunities came up uh, about two years, a year and a half ago, I kind of just I said, screw it, I'll uh jump jump on it uh see how it works out and if it works it works if it doesn't then i'll have to figure something out later down the road that's awesome edwin i feel like we're really in sync here and we're really bonding because i too also saw the potential and really wanted to make it kind of like almost a job maybe in the, in the future because of the lcs season two um yeah. <laughs> i think it also came from i think that was around like pax west if i remember correctly or maybe it was a little bit earlier whereas right before the studio tour for that um but i actually for me personally i know no one gives a crap about me and this is really the edwin show so i apologize uh oh, but i was the tsm ftx alley of Athenian High School in Danville, California. And I started a high school club and, and sent my team, my oh, team, silver and bronze players to Seattle. And we got a trip going and that's what really no, made it. No, those are so fun though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like 18 years old and, and, and kind of going to my first gaming convention. I was like, oh my God, there are bigger nerds as I am. Like, this is awesome. Um, and it's just those <laughs> moments. Yeah, sorry, you're good. Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say like, Honestly, if you're in high school, if you're a high school viewer or a college viewer, like really take those moments to heart. I think it's like one of those times I was just like, oh, this is cool. It's the gaming industry. And obviously now there's a huge explosion and parents everywhere can kind of see the, the, the possibilities of it. So there's not that much of a friction as maybe you and I might have had when you were younger. Um, oh, yeah. But I would say it's those moments that you really kind of hit those soul searching points where you're like this is where i should be this is where i should go find the plethora of opportunities that's the right fit for you within the industry and i think that's sick so season two league of legends i also too played Bro brood war i was a protoss player pretty crap but oh <laughs> uh, yeah I, I wasn't too good that's why i was a viewer not a player <laughs> was it battle battle.net oh, oh boy yeah <laughs> all, all the all the late AM night spent watching uh, the Korean leagues play too and everything. Oh, oh yeah, boy. yeah. I used to watch Day Night TV. Um, and oh I was yeah, fanboy of Idra. His so. casting was a, a <laughs> top top tier for sure. He he's he's the OG for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we have another question, kind of going back to your career again. How did you get your first job in the industry? So uh, I know you kind of spoke a little bit into, um, you know, getting to know players and kind of that intro route applying there. But the the part follow part of that is maybe can be brought in out to just general job experience. General, you know, what was the experience like, and do you have any advice for others landing that first job? Um, so maybe broadening it out a little bit from esports and really just kind of answering that part of it, which we haven't yet, which is just landing a first job in general, right? Um, you mean like my first job? Well, I guess like a job in esports or. I would say maybe a little bit both, because I do know you answered the esports part of it. So that's why I was maybe asking to follow up. Like, what about those who just want to get a job coming out of college? <laughs> oh, OK. Um, so like right now, that's uh, 
it's it's changed like how you get a job has changed quite significantly especially with uh what covid has done to essentially everything um but like even now college isn't something there there's obviously a lot of degrees or there's obviously a lot of jobs where college is still a requirement like you need those degrees and you need those uh, phds and everything to land certain jobs but with how just the world is right now um it isn't a necessity um now like like you mentioned earlier uh, parents are more receptive towards uh, jobs where you don't need to take four years of college or four years of university um, you can even just take a two-year college course and learn a trade and grab a job that way um, but it's mostly about maintaining relationships um, during that period uh, while you're in college or while you're doing trade school and when you do land your first uh, co-op job and that kind of thing and making sure that it starts off well and it, it ends off well as well. Um, and just learning things um, along the way because it learning things along the way definitely helps. Um, like I worked as, like I mentioned earlier, I worked as a Kumon instructor. Um, I also did a lot of private tutoring. Um, I worked as a Best Buy computer sales rep. Um, I also worked for the Ontario Lottery and Gaming Commission as a server admin. Um, I've done a lot of variety of jobs and met a lot of different types of people. And I made a ton of mistakes uh, early on, right? But it's making sure that you learn from those mistakes and you kind of use it as, um, you use it when you're at your next job and making sure, hey, I learned uh, how to talk to these types of people um in my previous job so and and they hated me because i uh i wasn't receptive enough so now i'll take that into account to my next job and if i run into that type of personality again i know like i can do things differently and make sure that they're happy on their end uh, make sure that uh, i'm also happy on my end um just keeping track of all of that uh, i'd say is the most important um, but as far as landing your first job just don't give up um apply for multiple jobs don't be afraid of rejection that's going to be key because um, there's so many people applying for jobs straight out of college and it's going to be hard and you're going to and you're going to get turned down and you're going to feel bad but you just gotta uh, get back on yeah a hundred percent snaps on that and i would also add to that <laughs> it is very very rare that your first job is going to be your dream job it goes yeah. back to that one in 100 but you know i think it goes back to any experience is great experience personally that's the way i like to go at things super aligned with you edwin for my first job i i was so bad at it i was horrible and you know but i i think it was like for me personally i took that experience of okay what do i want now like what can i learn from that and how do you move forward from it i think it's so easy to fall in the rut i'd be like i'm trash i'm horrible get lost kid but yeah. in reality, it's just if it, it a job also has to be, you know, it's two way. I think a lot of times there's this almost superior conflict, uh, superiority conflicts or contrast, whatever the word is, relationship. Um, com um, with, with when you're implying where you're like, oh man, like I need to please them, like it, like I need to be the best version of me. I need to impress them. It's also a two way interview and a two way relationship. Yeah. Um, especially in your first job too. I wouldn't take that to surprise. Um, you know, and then obviously be honest with yourself. Okay, you know, if the first job isn't working out, what's not working out about it, right? Is it? it I'm sometimes it 
is you, but for the most part, it's just, if anything, it's just because it's not aligned right. Um, and, and you should take that as experience and kind of grow from that. So I would very much agree. Yeah, the, the thing you mentioned about the two-way interview, that's like uh, something I 100% agree on. Not only are they interviewing you for the position, yeah. but you're also interviewing them the company on whether you want to work there right you can't think like oh the i need to get hired by these guys it's like what what can i do to help this company and what can they do to help me kind of thing right 100 percent. yep yep um we have another question how would you recommend reaching out to other people in the esports industry for networking how do how do you make that first step into building that connection um yeah i mean you had a very interesting story that just highlights your expertise and kind of navigating those relationships and, and conversations um yeah how do you how do you even get that first one any 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 tips there um i would say Twitch. <laughs> uh, social yeah. media is really important these days. Uh, so uh, my like the way I got in essentially was just being a part of the Twitch community on multiple streamers. Obviously, when I started, um, I was brand new. No one knew who I was. And I kind of just helped out with the small things here and there. Um, and I didn't look for anything else re in return, mostly because I was just doing it because I had fun doing it. And it was a a good escape from my regular job, uh, my day job <laughs> that I had back then. Yeah. Um, and just building yourself in the community, uh, whether, like I said, whether it be Twitch or through Twitter, um, that definitely helps um, as far as recognition later down the road goes. Um, it, it is kind of hard to do, uh, I guess, what you would call a cold call and trying to get into a position. Um, if you can definitely get recommendations from Someone like it doesn't even have to be the biggest player. It, it can be uh, someone who also works in that industry that you've built a close friendship with, right? You can be like, hey, I'm applying for this job. Can I write you down as a reference? Um, and can you just let them know, like, even though I don't have any experience in this industry, I'm willing, I'm eager to learn, I'm willing to put in the effort, and I like work, I, I, I enjoy this industry. So, like, I would go above and beyond kind of thing, right? Yeah, I would I would also add to that in terms of a portfolio, right? Like I think part of that is also how do you get to know someone if you don't know anyone at all? Um, a lot of it is LinkedIn messaging and, and obviously going to these events and exactly what you're doing, talking to these players and making those relationships or even anybody in the esports, if it's an assistant, um, if it's if it's if it's a part time contractor, um, maybe it's even just a security guard, right? Like anyone that those types of relationships, they kind of know people. Um, and then I think at the same time, when you ask those questions, it's almost like find a way to show that you also have value, right? Yes, to technically do work at TSM, you should be hired at TSM and doing all that stuff. Right. But ideas come from anywhere. I'm sure you all have been sitting in your bed, um, playing games, watching competitive games. You're like, oh, this is an idea that they should do. Write that down. Create a deck. You know, it, it could work for any other job or any other industries and present that being like, hey, like I have this awesome idea that, you know, might make your efficient make might make your life better at TSM as a team manager because yeah. of X, Y, and Z, right? Here's an awesome idea. Uh, at the same time, I admire you. I saw you on TSMU, Edwin, and I think you, you, all your points resonated. I'd love to just get, you know, get to know you on a personal level on that one-on-one. You see how that's kind of build out to like a raw conversation or really start that drive. And sometimes they won't respond. Sometimes you'll get, 
you'll get Christian Lee, you know, happy on like an 8 a.m. because I'm about to close the deal, sipping coffee. And of course, I'll answer that, right? A lot of it is timing and you never really know. Yeah. But I think for me personally, when I'm looking at student inboxes, I always appreciate it when it's not just, hey, can you jump on a call versus, hey, here's an awesome idea. Like, this is what I've been doing, right? Can I, you know, I love your points, X, Y, and Z. You know, it's something that also just shows that you're paying attention and not copy pasting a template intro through across yeah, any of your reaches. For like 50 different people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've added, I can't tell you how many times I've not, I haven't even gotten Christian. Like, I get like people from like randomly around to them. Like I could tell you just copy paste it. Oh boy. Um, Yep, yep. Uh, we have a we have another question um, from from Mookie. From Mookie. Um, follow up on Kathy's question: How do you deal with tougher parts of roster management? Um, if the player isn't performing well, isn't responding well, and the rest of the team, etc. Um, I guess because uh, I personally don't deal with um, whether roster swaps happen or contracts and things like that. That's mo mostly dealt with uh, just upper management, uh, general manager, those kinds of positions. Um, but on a ground level, I try to figure out why they aren't performing or why they uh, aren't getting along with their teammates and trying to take into account all the, all everyone involved, like their feelings um, is gonna be the most important. Um, obviously, if, if it's something that you can't solve, then you'll have to bump it up to upper management. Um, and at least when you do, when you do bump it up to upper management, you can explain to them, Hey, so-and-so isn't performing well, and they aren't performing well because over the past few months, they haven't been getting along with, uh, their teammates and there's just been a lot of tension, right? Um, then you can present that to, uh, your upper management and then they'll know what to do from there. Um, whereas another situation could be like, Hey, uh, so-and-so hasn't been performing well over the past few months. Uh, but it, it was due to like tension between the teammates, but I got them together. We went out, we did some team bonding exercises. Um, they're getting along a lot better now. Um, results won't show instantly, uh, but keep an, I'll keep an eye on their performance over the next few months and see if that improves. Um, if not, then I'll let you guys figure out what you want to do with it. Um, but kind of having that uh, deck planned for the upper management so that they can figure out what to do a lot quicker so that they don't have to do that research. Um, because as a team manager, you're more involved with the players day to day anyway. So it's easier and more efficient for you to do it as opposed to them. Um, so that's essentially how I would go about those situations. That's really cool. Really interesting. And I think it's something that, um, not again, not a lot of people think about because there's always that sad goodbye and an announcement that kind of comes with the thing. But it's like, what can you do to, you know, either, you know, improve their performance or mental aspect of it or, or just the team environment. So really cool. Um, like the guys, thing I think is really important, especially in the esports industry right now, is that having, having um, some sort of therapist or sports psychologist yeah. on hand, like, like these, these players that are growing up in this industry are young. Yeah. Um, so like they, like mentally, they will take a hit from time to time when they aren't performing, they'll just beat themselves down even more and yeah. be like, oh, I, I'm not as good as I was before. I'm shit, that kind of stuff. But that's not the case, right? Uh, maybe they are going through a slight slump, but you gotta kind of hype them up, let them know that, hey, uh, as long as you put in the effort that that will pass. Um, and if not, there are things we can do to help you take care of that later down the road. 
Um, maybe we'll lessen how often you stream just so uh, you can have a break from that. And uh, like I said about the whole uh, eating or dieting thing and working out, we'll add that from time to time so your brain can kind of get a reset and maybe you'll end up playing better uh, as well. Um, so like th those are really important and uh, it, it is a thing uh, a lot of the orgs are now taking into account. I know a lot of orgs have uh, psycholo sports psychologists uh, on hand now. Uh, so that's, I think, something that's really important. Because, um, yeah, the players are definitely on the younger side as far as their careers go. And all of a sudden, they've run into all this money and all this fame and success. Um, and when anything starts to interrupt that later down the road, they take it a lot harder than um, you normally would. No, I, I think that's awesome. And I love how that's the direction the industry is kind of moving on towards. And it just speaks a lot about our growth as an industry and us as a culture in general. So really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, question 12 is a little more on the fun side. Speed Chef asks, what's your favorite esports genre and your personal favorite Apex Legends character? Um, esports genre, I honestly, I don't... I'd have to say Battle Royales. Um, I played like eight to 10 years of League. I got banned a lot for verbal abuse. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that happened. That's actually why I how I wound up playing Apex in the first place, because I had like... Because um, when I was working and stuff, I essentially lived paycheck to paycheck, so I couldn't afford to like buy a level 30 account and yeah. just play ranked. So when I got banned, I had to grow one from level one to level 30 before oh, I could no. re-rank. So it was like after my fifth ban, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And my brother was like, hey, why don't you just play Apex with me kind of thing? And um, that's how that happened. But BR's uh, favorite genre and as far as favorite character in Apex, uh, Caustic. I'm a giant charge rifle caustic toxic main um but it seems like they will be nerfing him a little bit so who knows if that'll change uh over the next few weeks uh so you guys hear it first you'll see a lot more of him in your matches coming up in the professional yep. matches before he gets there for edwin for edwin um yeah we have another question on organization um, how do you stay organized what organizational programs processes or tools do you use uh and any advice to on how to use them um i've actually used a i've tried out a variety of the organizational uh i guess apps you want to call it uh, a lot of them now have browser-based ones too um, but what i use right now is something called Airtable. Um, I've run through things like Trello, Monday.com, and things like that. Uh, but Airtable, I've found, uh, works the best uh, for how I operate. And just keeping up, uh, keeping a good uh, calendar or planner so that you have everything scheduled, um, organizing those uh, events and things like that into their own specific categories. Because, uh, like, obviously, I have a lot of TSM stuff. But then I have also I also have a lot of uh, side uh, contract gigs uh, where I'm helping other tournament organizers uh, with their events, and like I have all of those marked off as separate categories. And obviously, I include even small things like my personal life, like oh, I gotta go to the gym at this time. Um, I gotta make sure I'm taking care of my chores at home at this time. Just everything is everything is structured as much as possible, um, and I'm normally that kind of person 
uh, a little bit on the OCD side. Um, so I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, that's uh, uh, Airtable is usually how I stay organized. Oh, that's really cool. I think every position that I've talked to and kind of met, they, they handle it very differently. It really also depends on what your role and job entails, but it's always mm-hmm. cool to hear about new programs. Uh, I haven't heard of Airtable, so maybe I'll give it a shot because I wish I was very good organizationally. <laughs> so it would definitely help my job on a day-to-day basis. So that's great yeah. advice. Um, our final question um, is, what do you like the most about your job and the work that you're doing? I think there's a lot that you can obviously throw in. Um, but are there any key specific outliers that just help you wake up and be like, dang, <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, uh, uh, the perks at TSM are quite nice. <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, especially, especially with like how, like w- with my whole like financial situation and just living situation in general, like over the past like five to eight years or whatever, um, when TSM uh, had when TSM was filming content uh, in December with the Apex guys, um, they I I just assumed hey I'd be doing everything remotely um, and uh, but then when they when AL when Apex land got canceled in January and that's when I was supposed to meet up with the players in person for the first time, but because that got canceled, TSM was like hey do you want to come out to uh, the content filming? and like meet the players, uh, see how everything works and see how you like it kind of thing. Um, and I, I told them, I was like, Hey, uh, that means I have to do like COVID tests before I get there. Like before I leave, when I, on my way back, there's the flight, there's the hotel, like, are you sure? And they're just like, yeah, uh, go for it. It's like in, in their minds, it was worth like me building that relationship with the players. And the fact that they took that into account really makes me appreciative of things like that. Um, and just makes me want to work harder. Um, and obviously meeting all the people is, uh, meeting all the players and streamers is definitely one of the other perks that I know I'm sure everyone would love to have. <laughs> I, I too share that sentiment. Um, and I, I think, I think honestly, I, it, I, especially it's really present in the teams that you're in and your own kind of personal team in silo. But I think TSM does a, a pretty good job in making sure that, you know, we're respected and, and, and treated well. Um, and a, a lot of that goes to with awesome managers that are kind of all at TSM. Um, yeah, with that, I think that kind of closes up shop, you know, at, I wanted to thank everyone, all of you guys for viewing, but also Edwin, thank you so much for joining. Um, I learned quite a bit today and I thought, and I thought this was a really interesting and unique episode. So thank you so much. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me on the Q and a, and thank you for everyone that's watching and everyone that, uh, had input on the questions and everything. Um, I've had a ton of fun. I'd love to do this again, uh, later in the future, maybe when I am in Austin, uh, we, I definitely have a couple fun things planned for the apex community uh i know the apex community just in general is lacking a lot of our irl content that they would love to see amongst all the teams so that is one of the things on my to-do list uh when i get down there especially with how many uh content creators and pros are living in austin right now yeah absolutely big things coming everyone stay in tuned um edwin hope to see you in la as well would love to see you around the facility more and get a hangout. Um, so hopefully we'll see you soon in LA. 
yeah, thank you so much for joining everyone again. The next episode feature will feature our special guest Josiah Newsom from Intel on February 9th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, you know, be sure to follow uh, follow the channel so you know when we're live, and and please join TSMU uh, at, at Discord.gg/TSMU. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>